is like one of my <laughs> what's the lowest points. <laughs> oh, dear. but okay. So it was spring break my freshman year of college, mm-hmm. and me, my roommate, and some friends mm-hmm. went to Amsterdam. Okay. Yes. And then we did what you do in Amsterdam: smoke weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and eat cosmic brownies. Sure. Um. Sure. Well, we. I was very poor. Mm-hmm. And was like, well, I can't afford to snack. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, Amsterdam is known for their cheese <laughs> and had a cheese shop on like every oh, corner. Heaven. <clears throat> so we would get cheese samples. And it wasn't, <laughs> I'm sorry, it was, was there spring break or fall break? Okay. But it was during a time where not a lot of people were going there. Uh-huh. And so there was one cheese shop where a lady was just like, oh yeah, no, I just didn't cut cheese all day. Take all the cheese that you want. <laughs> and me and my friends went down on a wheel of Gouda for free. <laughs> and then because it was so good, one of my friends bought another wheel of Gouda. <laughs> and then she left early because her and one other girl were going to Dubai oh, okay. after Amsterdam, whereas uh, the rest of the pack was just going back to London. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, I can't take this cheese. On the plane. Oh my gosh. So we have to finish this. This is within like 24 hours. 48 hours more like it. (laughs) (laughs) And so we finished this whole thing of Gouda. And I was like, I can never eat cheese again. Oh my gosh. I just can't anymore. can't. But then we fly back to London. Still spring break. And it's one of my friend's birthdays. And she just wanted to have a chill day. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, let's just order... A pizza and watch movies. It'll mm-hmm. be great. So we order a cheese pizza. <laughs> and because we ain't no punk bitches, we get stuffed crust. <laughs> You're doubling down on this cheese down. business. And I, on the plane back, was like, I'm never eating cheese again. If I eat cheese, I'm going to throw up. And then, but then, because I'm a, a dumpster, I ate <laughs> this cheese pizza, stuffed crust, and was laying in my bed and was miserable <laughs> and then we just we just got to chit chatting while I was laying in bed uh-huh. and I'm a big One Direction fan okay I get very excited when I think about them <laughs> I just want the best for them Absolutely. they're doing great with their solo careers be proud be proud my favorite is Louie <clears throat> underrated Louie yes the one that you have a cutout at the no Alamo. we have Harry you have Harry son because of a bitch. that's Levi's favorite Oh. <laughs> I thought the cutout was yours. Did not realize it was no. Levi's. No, it's Levi's cutout. <laughs> yeah, this is the best thing. Guys, walking into their house the first time, a cutout of Harry Styles greeted us at the door, and it was alarmed. <laughs> we like to move him around for whatever the party is. Fold him up every once in a while, stick him behind a little... You're good there. Hang yeah. out. Side note to that, though, when me and Levi get drunk together, it just ends up with us watching One Direction music videos <laughs> and talking about how happy we are that they're alive. <laughs> and that's why we love Levi Markham. <laughs> because that, and after several, several cocktails, <laughs> he loses his- he, lo- he looks like a wacky, waving, inflatable, <laughs> arm-flailing tube man. He loses his bones. Every te- every bit of tension in his body is released, and he just flops around, but stays like, on both legs. <laughs> he's 
mostly upright, but like a limp noodle. <laughs> it's it's a sight to behold. Oh, it's the best. It's so funny. Um, but <laughs> so I'm I'm already feeling sick. I'm loaded down with cheese. I'm laying in bed and I'm getting excited because we're talking about One Direction. Yeah. And keep in mind, I'm living in London and their tour was ending. So oh they were going to be in London because, like, that's where they live. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't going to seek them out. I'm not that fan. <laughs> but, like, it could happen where I just was going out on my everyday adventures and saw yeah. one of them. Hey, he's just there because you're in the same city. <laughs> it made me feel in such a way. And Jen was like, what would you do if you met Louis? And I... I got up from bed, ran to the communal bathroom, and just threw up. Because I was so excited thinking about even the chance of meeting Louie. Oh my gosh. And my birthday gift to her, because I keep, I'm poor, my birthday gift to her was the memory that I threw up because I was so excited about, about the very concept of seeing Louie Tomlinson on the streets. Hi. Hi. How's it going, guys? Welcome. 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 This is, uh, this is That Broad's Got Moxie. It sure is. I'm Kiana Henry. I'm Cassie Cobb. Now we're doing last. (laughs) I just, I'm. I mean, there, there are Instagram handles, so it doesn't matter. That's who we are. What are you going to do? Yeah. But good luck spelling Kiana. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Because, uh, I, I spell it wrong all the time still. (laughs) Yeah. I try, and it just does not go well. Oh, gosh. Um, we are still drinking. <laughs> we have... <laughs> oh, we, no. <laughs> we, we are now drinking uh, different drinks. Last mm-hmm. episode, I had a Mai Tai for breakfast, and Kiana had a Bloody Mary, and now we've we've switched it over. Um, Perfect. I'm a lot drunker than I am. <laughs> I'm three sheets to the wind. We, three sheets. Or um, lubricated, as Cassie says. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I can't stop thinking about that. Thoroughly lubricated. <clears throat> Are we like, is this like 40 minutes into this episode? Okay, so okay. let's get started. We're I'm first. Done talking about vomit <clears throat> and cocktails. S- sorry We're again. gonna delve in. Did we? Okay. I'm Kiana. That's Cassie. Yeah. Danny's in the room as per usual. Danny's here. This is that broad got moxie. I'm going to talk about a young lady named. Named? Madam C.J. Walker. Fuck yeah, you are. I would just like to point out, so we have our system is that Kiana and I don't know who each other's talking about. And earlier this week when I was trying to figure out who my, you know, my stories were going to be about... I asked Danny and I was like, oh, can I do, um, I'm going to do, uh, Madam CJ Walker. And she goes, well, you can't. <laughs> and I was like, son of a bitch. Now I know who Ken is doing. <laughs> so, of but all I the women stopped, in the world, fifth episode, fifth episode of all. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like, <sighs> oh, well, that's the one, that's the one person you can't do. Uh, so I stopped doing any kind of research immediately. Mm-hmm. So I'm blank. I'm a wide open, wide open spaces over here. Please tell me all about her. Good. Okay. So I'm going to start with sources. Okay. I watched a short video called Meet the First Self-Made Female Millionaire by the Smithsonian Channel. Mm. I checked biography.com. 
the National Women's History Museum, and the Madam Walker essay from www.madamcjwalker.com by Aaliyah Bundles, which is her great-great-granddaughter. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. I was I was just going to mention the, the website, but mm-hmm. then at the bottom of the essay, it was like, please cite this properly. <laughs> and so I did. So. Perfect. College graduate here. She, she knows what she's doing. She's bibliographying it. Academic integrity is very important. <laughs> is that inappropriate to laugh about? Carry on. So she was born Sarah Breedlove, December 23rd in 1867, on a cotton plantation in Louisiana. Mm. She was the fifth child to Owen and Minerva, but was not... They were slaves, mm-hmm. but had recently been freed. Oh, okay. And her siblings had been slaves, but were recently freed because the Emancipation Proclamation was just signed. Uh, So she was born a freed person. Oh, so she's like the first, she's the first of her family. First of her family to be born free. Oh, wow. And then she had one more sibling after her who was also born free. That's cool. Okay. But she was born during this period of reconstruction. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, her mom died when she was six years old. And then her father died when she was seven years old. Oh, gosh. So she was an orphan at a very early age and was sent to live with her sister in Mississippi with her sister and brother-in-law. Okay. And there she worked on a cotton plantation field with her sister, which is like seven years old. (laughs) Yeah. She worked there for a very long time, seven years, but her... Brother-in-law was uh, reportedly abusive towards her uh-huh. and not very fair. And so to escape this, at the age of 14, she married a man named Moses McWilliams and had her daughter named Aaliyah. I'm sorry. Is this at 14? 14. Yep. Good Lord. Can you imagine getting married at 14? No. I can't imagine doing any kind of responsible adult thing at 14. Yeah. I didn't. And to, no. Puberty was still a thing. I didn't yeah. know myself. Yeah. Because I wasn't myself. Wow. I was a hormone monster. <laughs> That's a perfect. That's Big a mouth perfect, reference. Perfect reference. But yeah, 14. Mm-hmm. 14 is a what? A freshman a in high school. A freshman in high school. Yeah. Like, just got out of middle school. Weird, gangly, hormonal, probably I braces. Was, I was never gangly. Me neither, girl. <laughs> but you know what? Some people are. And we're appealing to the masses. <laughs> Look, you were either tall and gangly and had weirdly, you know, just spindly arms and legs. Or, you know, you were probably maybe short and chubby. And a media American woman. <laughs> a media American woman, exactly. Bringing it back. <laughs> exactly. And that's what Kiana and I are both are. Let's, yes. Yeah. Hashtag. Thunder thighs. Thunder thighs. <laughs> Hashtag body positivity. So whatever the point, the, yeah. whatever the case may be. She was too young. Yeah. Too mean, goddamn young to be getting married and having babies. I think it was common at the time, though. Yeah, I'm sure it was. She wasn't married for long, though, because in 1887, he died. And she was left a single mother and struggling financially. And still a teenager. Still a teenager. Yep. She had a baby and no husband. A and, baby, no husband. And she was... Didn't want to go back to her sisters, mm-hmm. so she moved to Missouri to be with her four brothers, who were barbers at the time, which oh. becomes later important. And she picked up jobs there as a laundress and a cook. So okay. she was working two jobs. She had a kid. 
struggling. Ugh. All as, like, barely an adult. Yes. Just barely an adult. Just barely an oh adult. Oh my gosh. It was here that she joined the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Episcopal. <laughs> Episcopal. Episcopal. The Episcopal Church. Um, and she sang with teachers and mentors of the National Association of Colored Women there. Okay. And um, who's in their education and success mm-hmm. inspired her. And she knew that she wanted to work hard and become one of those women one day. Mm-hmm. And she also wanted her daughter to do that as well, but she knew education was really re- important, and she herself only had three months of formal education. Oh. And so with her job as a laundress and a cook, she saved up and got her daughter sent to public school in the city. Wow. Because she wanted, you know, you want the best for your kids. You want the best for your kids, yeah. <clears throat> like, this uh, This is not how I grew up, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make sure that you have everything that we can get you. Exactly. To get your feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point sort of and not sort of, but like slavery has just ended. Like people remember being slaves mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. and education was all of a sudden something that they could have if they could afford it. Get it. It wasn't it wasn't accessible yet. But they could get it. Um while she was at this church, she met her second husband, John Davis, who she officially married in 1894. Okay. Oh, I meant to say this at the top. Um, while I was studying it, a lot of the years were slightly off in every story. Uh, So I'm kind of doing the ones that came up the most, but because of the time period, it's hard to know really when things happened. Um, yeah. Just important to know. So she just married John Davis. While life seemed to be looking better for her at this time, it was still super stressful and it was taking a toll on her. Uh, she was exhausted because she was working both of her jobs. Her and John's marriage wasn't going very well, mm-hmm. and they didn't live in super hygienic conditions, which was the norm at the time. Yeah. Running oof. running water, not a thing. Not a thing. And uh, if you're living in poverty, you don't have the luxury of doing other exactly. things. Exactly. You don't, you don't, you can't do those things, but also you don't have household help. Yeah. To do any of these things. So not only is she raising a child, working two jobs, mm-hmm. but she's and also- dealing with a- Shitty husband. Dealing with a shitty husband. She's also maintaining a home mm-hmm. with the, the you know, to the best of her abilities with what's available. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, because of this stress, she began to lose her hair. And it was, she had um, a scalp infection. So she was mm-hmm. getting sores on her head, which is why the hair was falling out. And um, she couldn't bathe a lot because there was no indoor plumbing. And soaps at the time and shampoo and stuff contained lye. Yeah. Which is, like, uh, bad. Don't wash your hair with lye. Don't put that anywhere on your body. Yeah. Yeah. It's... We're not lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That was... Oh, gosh. That was a bad joke. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> we love puns. Ugh. I love them. Yeah, puns are great. <laughs> Aya was. <laughs> and then Aya wasn't. <laughs> Only some of you will get that, and that's okay. It's from the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Which we love. Yes. Um, okay, contained by. She didn't like losing her hair. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Nobody does. So she began to use commercial products and um, was trying to use like home remedies mm-hmm. to stop it. Uh, and her knowledge of hair care, hair care came from her brothers, who oh, were, yes, barbers. were barbers. And 
she was a cook. She cooked for a pharmacist, and she learned mm. basic chemistry from him. It is said. Interesting. Okay. And she was also a laundress, and so she had a lot of access to cleaning agents and like conditioners and stuff that was typically used for clothes. But she was, she was mixing up that stuff yeah. and trying to find something to help her. Um, but before per- perfecting her own hair care formula, she tried the commercial product known as Annie Turbo Malone's Magical Growth Serum. <laughs> I think I, I took out magical growth. I have magical growth and then <laughs> nothing after that. <laughs> Oops. Um, it's probably a serum. It might be a cream. Might be a pomade. Might be a pomade. Magical growth something. It's That sounds very, like, uh, oh, what is it? In Sweeney Todd. Mi- uh, Pirelli's Miracle Elixir. Pirelli's Alexa. Miracle Elixir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I love Sweeney Todd. Oh. I'm so mad Johnny Depp is in it because I don't like Johnny Depp. <laughs> because he hits his wife. <laughs> and... Yells at workers on the set <laughs> of his movie. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Um, Firm stance. <laughs> nobody's talented enough to not he, be held accountable. You don't get to do that. Sorry about it. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. she's using she's using the hair. This yep. Theory. Okay. Um, between 1903 and 1904, while she was experimenting and testing for her own product, um, her and John Davis divorced because it was an unhappy marriage and she became a sales rep and quit her job as a laundress and a cook mm-hmm. Be- became a sales rep for annie turbo malone's hair care oh business. so she was like this is a product i use mm-hmm. i believe in i feel you know okay taking this job and promoting it and yeah. selling it oh good. and it's basically like it avon but annie oh, annie yeah. turbo malone was also a african-american hair oh okay guru, which what is what madam cj walker later becomes gotcha or sarah breedlove later becomes um while she was working with her she with her while she was working for her mm-hmm. she was um kind of gathering knowledge from everybody around her about the hair care stuff and about the sales tactics to get people to oh, use your products yeah. and in 1905 her job moved her to colorado and she met and married her third husband, a Mr. Charles Joseph Walker. Okay. Walker. 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 Um, who, oh. he was, I just like this, he was called an ad man, but he just worked <laughs> in, like, advertising for, like, newspaper. <laughs> He's an ad man. Um, and while she, when she married him, he was sort of, like, because he was in advertising, he was like, you need a catchier name than Sarah Breedlove for your product. Change it. And she's like, okay, well, now I'm Madam C.J. Walker. And the CJ stands for Charles, Charles Joseph. Charles Joseph. Yes. Gotcha. She's like, I, okay, I'm using this to my, to my advantage. Mm-hmm. Put a stamp on it. Yes. Gotcha. Exactly. And she, the name Madam came from like the, the French, um, cosmetic scenes that were coming out and all oh. of those ladies were like, Madame. Madame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so with only $1.25, she launched her own product and quit her job with uh, Annie Turbo Milan. Good for her. That's made. How scary. First yes. of all, can we talk about that? Like, to to be, not only to be, a woman, mm, a black woman, but a black woman who's going. 
I have an idea. I'm going to make something of it. Mm-hmm. I'm putting my name on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just jumping in and head she, first. Like, she was like, she knew the product she was selling was good. Yeah. Because it had cured her scalp infection. Mm-hmm. And it didn't require running water to like use oh, it all the time. Okay. And her hair started growing back. And it was called a hair growth formula, but what it actually was was healing scalp infections that were really common and women's hair would grow then. After, obviously, the sores and stuff. Uh Uh-huh. So she started going door to door. Like, just really... Hoofing it. Hoofing it. With her husband, who was in charge of advertising and promotion. Mm -hmm. So he was... Because he worked for newspapers, he could do that. They also had a mail order aspect to it. mm -hmm. That you could mail in and get, or order in and they'd mail, mail it to you. But when she was selling products door to door, she would be like, hey, buy this bottle from me and I'll give you a free lesson on how to use it, how to groom so that you get it. You, The product is the most effective as it could be. Wow. Yeah. And it was, it later would become known as the Walker Method. And I'm going to talk about that in a few bullet points. Okay. About specifically what it was. Um, And it was during this time when she started rising in popularity, her product did, that she was accused of stealing her formula from Annie Malone, the girl she worked, Mm. the lady that she worked for. Mm -hmm. But it ended up being, like, nothing. Because it was like, there are only so many ingredients you can put into a hair growth formula. Yeah. (laughs) And it was, I believe it was, like, something that's sort of like Vaseline and sulfur in addition to, like, other Mm -hmm. perfumes and stuff. Um, but Annie Malone hadn't even invented that combination. Yeah, like, she's... Like, it's not something that came out of nowhere. Yeah. 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 We all just... Everything comes from basic... Mixtures of stuff. Basic mixtures. And then you, you add this, or you take away that, and then you, you know... I yeah. mean, how many hair products do we have on the market that are literally the exact same thing, just have a different person's name on it? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But she did make her own formula. Let's let Let's take very, that from her. Very clearly, she did it um, on and, her own. And they were lifelong rivals oh. in the hair care industry because Annie Malone's business was still popping. Mm-hmm. But now Madam C.J. Walker was coming in on the scene and she was like, better. Because yeah. we don't, we're, I'm not talking to you about <laughs> Annie Malone <laughs> as the first self-made millionaire. I'm talking to you about Madam C.J. Walker. Madam C.J. Walker bringing it to the Uh, table exactly so to promote her products as i said before she popularized the walker method um and she would travel throughout black and black neighborhoods in south and southeast america selling door to door and would demonstrate the scalp treatments in churches and lodges and was really (laughs) hold on (laughs) Please hold. Worse. Was really. <laughs> she was very strategic about how she marketed her items. Mm-hmm. Um, and while her and her husband travel, her daughter, who was now old enough, began running the mail order operations. So it was like a family ordeal to get her products out there with people using them. Um, she was. So this. She was established in Denver at this time. Okay. But then moved to Pittsburgh, where she temporarily opened the uh, Leah College. To train her Walker hair culturalists. Oh, so she's she's creating an 
army. She's creating of, an it, like an icon and an image. Yeah. Of of like this is not only a product, it is it is a system. It is a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm teaching these people, you know, how to teach buyers how to use this mm-hmm. appropriately and get get what they need out of this product. That's so cool. Yeah. So not part part of buying her product was buying the ability to use it. Yeah. And so they would go around and in the Walker system there was a shampoo, a pomade, uh strenuous brushing methods that they were shown and um an iron comb, hot iron like oh, method okay. uh-huh. that they would also tell the women how to use. And it would make lackluster hair become soft and luxurious. Mm. And Who I doesn't wrote, want soft and luxurious hair? Exactly. And I wrote, this was revolutionary. Huge. Big. A hit. Fantastic. Everything was going great. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1910, her and Charles Walker split up, but she kept going with her business. And I'm mentioning their divorce because it happened, but not because it really meant anything to her life. Like, they just divorced, but she was already, at this point, a business icon and was just working to become the best she could be. After they divorced, she moved from Pittsburgh to Indianapolis, which was, like, a huge manufacturing capital at this time. Mm -hmm. And built the Walker... Walker. Built the Walker Manufacturing Company, which would later be expanded into a hair salon a beauty school, a lab, and a laboratory. Wow. Yeah. So, first of all, she's all over the place. Yeah. Missouri, Colorado, Pittsburgh, Indiana. Yeah. Just all over. Mm-hmm. And then she gets to Indiana. And she's becoming popular everywhere she goes. Yeah, and every, everybody's using this. Mm-hmm. And she's teaching other people how to... The women she was hiring were also black women. Mm-hmm. And they... They were becoming self-sufficient. God, that's cool. Because she was paying them very well. Yeah. She's like, go and sell this and make something of yourself because we all, we all deserve it. Mm -hmm. And we all need to be able to take care of our damn selves. Exactly. You get them, Miss C.J. Walker. Get them. Madame. Madame. God damn it. (laughs) Um... So the the business was becoming so popu- popular that in 1913 she traveled to Central America and the Caribbean to expand her business mm. because there's also large black populations in those yeah. areas. And um, her daughter Aaliyah moved to Harlem and expanded into the New York scene, big scene. And it was just huge now because it was an international company at this point. Mm-hmm. And it was super cool because the key positions in the company were mostly occupied by women. Uh, Ultimately, she employed 40,000 black women and men in the U.S., Central America, and the Caribbean. That is wild. Yes. Fucking A. Yes. She is is making something of herself and giving... that's so many op- that's so many people to give this opportunity to mm-hmm. that they could, couldn't have before that they couldn't yeah because slavery just ended <laughs> right <laughs> like they couldn't they didn't have the opportunity to be like crafts people they were like yeah they were like laundresses and exactly we talked about and... that last week with mm-hmm. um with Sojourner Truth she's she the whole idea was 
after the Emancipation Proclamation and slavery was over, mm-hmm. let's give these people actual jobs so they can start a life for themselves. That does not include them still being employed yeah. by these, oh, these people who just lost their slaves <laughs> to, <Yeah. laughs> to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, period. There was no period there, but there was. You didn't hear it, but it was there. <laughs> uh, in 1916, after traveling through these areas and building up her presence there, she moved to New York with her daughter and kind of took a step back from being the figurehead of the company and instead oh, just oversaw the Indianapolis operations, mm-hmm. but wasn't like hand, as hands-on because she was getting older. Yeah. And... A major part of what makes Madam C.J. Walker so special is that not only was she a self-made entrepreneur, she was a philanthropist and activist Mm. who worked really hard on uplifting black communities in the U.S. So she had, she had a big hand in the Harlem Renaissance. Oh, wow. The beginning foundations of it and her daughter even more so throughout. Yeah, because she's, she went, she was the one who went to Harlem to. Yes. To. Okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. And she, um, some of her philanthropic endeavors include, um, contributing $1,000 to the construction of an African-American YMCA in Indianapolis. Hmm. She gave scholarships to students at several black colleges and boarding schools, uh, provided financial support for orphanages, retirement homes, and gave to the fund to preserve Fred Le- Frederick Douglass's home in Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. She was the biggest donor to preserve that as a landmark. Huh. Um, she became super active in the anti-lynching movement mm-hmm. in the U.S. and donated $5,000 to the NAACP's efforts to end it. And that roughly, I used an inflation calculator. Oh, yay. <laughs> inflation calculators again. So her $5,000 today would be $116,514.88. Damn. Yes. Um, in 1917, there was a riot in East St. Louis. East St. Louis? There was a riot in <laughs> East St. Louis, Illinois. And... Um, a white mob murdered more than three dozen black people <gasps> in the oh. streets. And she, a lot of leaders were upset at this, obviously, because um, black people were facing violence. Yeah. And it's oppression still, even though they weren't slaves. Mm-hmm. And she joined a group of Harlem leaders who visited the White House to present a petition advocating federal anti-lynching legislation. The same year that the riot happened, she organized the Madam C.J. Walker Hair Culturalist Union of America Convention in Philadelphia. And this convention is considered the first national meeting of businesswomen in the country. That's incredible. Because, and I, every time I, like, was searching her, I was like, Mm -hmm. she is building other people. Like, she's the most selfless woman. (laughs) She's not only, she's creating an empire, but she's making sure that everyone around her is just rising up to their fullest potential and then some like i am i'm doing this i happen to be the face of this but mm-hmm. everybody else around me building them up exactly. and her community and and all of that 
That is... And it was specifically black women. Specifically black women. That's so inspiring. Yes. Um, She used the convention as a reward for the hair culturalists for her company, but she also was encouraging them there that they should be self-sufficient businesswomen and also be politically active because it was at a time where you needed to be. She said, This is the greatest country under the sun, but we must not let our love of country, our patriotic loyalty, cause us to abate one whit in our protest against wrong and injustice. We should protest until the American sense of justice is so aroused that such affairs as the the East St. Louis riot will be forever impossible. Fuck yeah, Hill. Oh my god, rise up and make sure your voice is heard. Yeah. Speak it loud and make everybody pay attention. Oh my gosh, how relevant is this to the world (laughs) right now? When did this happen? What year was it again? 1917. This was a hundred years ago. Oh damn, it was. It sure was. It was... Just short of a hundred years, just over a hundred years ago. Yeah. And we are dealing with the same Same shit. Same shit, different (laughs) millennia. (laughs) Jesus. Okay. So she, at this point later in her life, was just kind of doing her activist um, speeches Mm -hmm. or presence and uh, donating money. And in 1919, two years after this convention, at the age of 51, she suddenly died from kidney failure and complications of hypertension. Um, In the final year of her life, her business sales were exceeding uh, half a million. Wow. And her her total net worth topped a million dollars, making her the first ever self-made millionaire in America. Uh, First female self-made millionaire. That's... Absolutely incredible. Yes. And I believe she was the first um, female black millionaire in America, regardless of self-made or not. I I had a question. So I think when I was, you know, kind of thinking about talking about Madam C.J. Walker, I think I saw that there are, like, her products at, like, Sephora. I I think, (laughs) I do think her business is still around. I'm not. A hundred percent. We're going to find out. And if there, if it is, we're going to post some pictures of it on oh, Insta. There's, there's definitely packages of her, like, classic stuff. Because it has her face on it. That's so cool. Um, oh, I didn't even, I wanted to start with this, but I forgot. Okay, tell me. The reason why I wanted to do Madam C.J. Walker mm-hmm. is because when I was in elementary school, I saw a picture of her driving a car with other women in it mm-hmm. but it was like a little like subtext box you know that's not like actually in the uh-huh. meat of the mm-hmm. reading and i thought she looked super cool because <laughs> <laughs> up to this point it was like uh, l- look at lincoln oh, boring 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 yeah lincoln uh good guy uh, ugly not <laughs> not cute <laughs> And I, I remember asking my teacher, like, ooh, when are we learning about her? Uh-huh. And she was like, oh, we'll get to her. We never did. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And so you're like, I'm going to figure out who this woman is because mm-hmm. I want to know who she is because she looks like a bad bitch. She was Driving around. She in- drove herself. <laughs> she drove herself. She was a millionaire and she did not take anybody's shit. Oh, yeah. Sure enough. Madam C.J. Walker Beauty Culture. Damn. There's, there, yeah, it's all, it's, it's hair products. It's, 
That's so cool. Yeah. She's, like, one of the founders of the, like, beauty industry as we know it today, which is wild to think of. Yeah. Because it's bonkers. (laughs) It's bonkers. How much we spend on, like, makeup and stuff? On makeup and hair products and... Lotions. Lotions. Exactly. All of these things to stay young and beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I just like looking interesting. (laughs) I like to smell real nice. And... You know, it's 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 not for anybody else. It's just for you. But for her to be, and for her to to come from a place of, I'm not trying. I am not doing this for anybody else. Mm-hmm. I am doing this to take care of me and live my best life and my daughter and my daughter. And I'm creating products mm-hmm. that that are going to help women live their best lives mm-hmm. in both like a physical like I have this glorious beautiful hair mm-hmm. but also creating jobs for them to live their best life out in the world. Yeah. Uh her, she's killing her, it. Her product was a movement. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um wrap up. After her death, one third of her estate went to her daughter and two thirds went to charity and various individuals and schools. So even in death, she was still a philanthropist. Wow. Yeah. And I'm going to end with a quote that came from her that I think sums her up very well. Okay. I am a woman who came from the cotton fields of the South. From there, I was promoted to the wash tub. From there, I was promoted to the cook kitchen. And from there, I promoted myself into the business of manufacturing hair goods and preparations. I have built my own factory on my own ground. I love it. Yes. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that I got to hear that story because I was really excited. Like, I saw just a little tiny tidbit and was like, oh, somebody, we need to talk about her yeah. ASAP. Yeah. And so when Danny was like, well, you can't talk about her. And I was like, oh, goody. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, I liked looking into her because I didn't realize how much of a philanthropist and activist she yeah. was. Yeah. Because when I think of, I hear Madam C.J. Walker, uh-huh. self-made millionaire, hair products. Mm-hmm. But she was so much more. So much more. And gave so much. Yes. To every, to, to the people in the communities around her. Yeah. There she is. And there she is. Ladies and gentlemen, Madam C.J. Walker. That was so good. Yeah. Ah, can I just... <laughs> yeah, I'm really good. I meant, <laughs> I I meant she's really great. <laughs> I'm awesome. Um, I really... I just gotta say, this is episode... What is this? Five? Episode five. This is the third time we have sat down to record, and by the end of this episode, we'll be ten women or you know mm-hmm. in and i feel like i'm getting more creases in my brain like all of- <laughs> things are happening like synapses are firing new new folders are being made upstairs <laughs> you know that's all of this information is super interesting mm-hmm. to research and write about but it's so fun to just sit back and listen to the women that you're talking about and just be like, what? This, how? It's appalling to me that I am 31 goddamn years old. <laughs> and 
there's, there's just so much that I don't know. Like I, I think I'm a fairly, I don't know, woke quote unquote Mm -hmm. person. Um, but there's, there's just so many of these women that I don't know enough about. Yeah. I'm so happy we're doing this, guys. <laughs> I just want to get real, like, sentimental for a second. Aww. It really makes me so happy. Because people are like, well, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, ooh, I'm recording my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. Mine is so obscure. <laughs> really? It's obscure in its sense of it's not a person. It's a, it's a like, a figure in in history you know we're just gonna get into it okay okay so i am talking about lilith oh oh (laughs) oh damn (laughs) yes we are getting into it oh (laughs) i was like when i was when i was researching this last night i was like oh kiana's gonna (laughs) love this there is guys there is sex. There is murder. There is some vampire shit. There is all of the thi- all of the things, and it's super fascinating. Um, and I was like, "Oh, this this will be great." I'm so pleased because we both kind of like no dark things. Yeah, like we both like scary movies, and we both urban legends, are into true crime, true crime. Yeah, so if it's dark bring it on yeah i mean not too dark sometimes but yeah i don't like being spooked uh, you're a liar you do too i do like <laughs> you're right <laughs> just every episode we're just gonna have a news update about one of us being a liar <laughs> i'm gonna okay. lie right now hey guys i just did a backflip <laughs> out the window out the window oh my god <laughs> She's a really incredible acrobat, guys. You don't even know. Look at me go. My feet are on top of my head right now. I'm on my stomach. Right now. She's in full scorpion. You guys should see this. No, we won't take a picture. Nope. It's none of your business. Uh-uh. But what also... happens in the podcast room stays in the podcast room. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, tell me about Lilith. Tell me about Lilith. Lilith. So, Lilith has a very complicated story. Uh, considering she isn't a person, uh, she's got a hell of a reputation. She's a very controversial figure. Uh, so she's known as an eater of children (laughs) and a seductive goddess of death. Uh, but in recent history has become a sort of feminist icon, which these two things (laughs) would not necessarily... Uh, you know, <laughs> go hand in hand. Feminists but... eat children. <laughs> that should be on Fox News. <laughs> Right? Oh, God. Boop, 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 boop. Delicious. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Lilith is a mythological figure. With a backstory that develops over thousands of years. One of the earliest known references to Lilith is from 2400 BCE in a Sumerian list of demons. 
So we are going. <laughs> Demons, Kiana is on board. <laughs> I, I just smiled like a kid in the kitchen. She really did. She just is so thrilled. She's described as a Lilu demon, which <laughs> the first time I wrote it. Uh-huh. So Lilu is is kind of what, you know, turns into Lilith. Oh, okay. Et- etymologically. Boy, that's a Etymology- hard <laughs> Etymologically. Etymo- yeah. Where her, where the words come from. <laughs> that's that's what we're trying to, <laughs> to say, guys. <laughs> oh, gosh. That Bloody Mary is half empty. <clears throat> or half full. Depends <laughs> on <laughs> Getting real philosophical on you guys. So anyway, she is a quote-unquote Lilu demon. And when the first time I typed it, it looked like I had written Lululemon. <laughs> I was like, accurate question mark? Overpriced pants? <laughs> Anyway, it put that in parentheses. It made me giggle. Um, so a Lilu demon um, is a succubus type who seek out sleeping men and seduce them in order to produce grotesque demon babies. Yuck. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. She's known as a seducer of men. She's the bringer of night emissions. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't get it. I was, yeah. I was like, "What does she have to do with CO two levels?" <laughs> what the hell does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Oh, so yeah. So she, she goes seduces men, steals their quote unquote seed to produce these. I know. Threw open my mouth a little. <laughs> Back to the vomit. Um, so she appears in ancient legends of the Babylonians, the Hittites, uh, Egyptians, Israelites, Greeks, you name it, as far back as time goes back to Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. There are um, allusions, allusions to um, her as a as a figure, if not with the capital L, Lilith, mm-hmm. she's, you know, a Lilu or a demon that has a name that kind of comes from that. But kind of all-encompassing is this idea of Lilith. Uh, she's very vaguely mentioned in the Bible. Um, it's only once mm-hmm. in Isaiah. And in a lot of them, sh- her name is translate- translated um, as Night Hag. <laughs> Or a screech owl. <laughs> Which made me laugh. I was like, well, those are two pretty different things. But also, I love the idea of... They're talking about... I read it. It's talking about, like, animals who are unclean animals or something. And I was like, really? Screech owls? Have you seen them? Because they're adorable. <laughs> have you seen an owl run? I sure have. <laughs> Now I'm just going to picture that as Lilith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's um, there's a super old, I think it's Sumerian. Um, they originally, it's a, it's a relief carving of a woman. And she's got like talon, like big bird feet, like mm-hmm. big talons. And for a long time that was 
considered Lilith. Um, oh, Danny's. <laughs> Danny's looking at screech owls. And they're <laughs> the cutest and sweetest looking little owls. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. she's. They thought that was a portrayal of Lilith. Turns out it might be closer to a goddess called Inanna. Okay. Or Ishtar. It, oh, okay. It, I've heard of Ishtar. Yeah. It, it's widely debated. But anyway, that's kind of what they associate her with. So Lilith is best known as a figure in Jewish folklore. Her most notorious and most frequent cited appearance is in um, a Jewish text um, called The Alphabet of Ben Sirah. So millennia ago... This was written, um, and it's often read as satire. Like, after reading through stories that are in it, they're like, oh, they're they're making fun of it, you know? So, basically, the story is uh, Lilith is Adam's first wife. Yes. Garden of Eden, we always hear about Adam and Eve. Well, Lilith came first. So this was, I said, this was no make me a wife from this rib nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that's obviously that's the story of, of how Eve is created. Yeah. That she's, you know, made from a rib, which in ancient times translate, translates not rib as in like inside your rib cage, Mm -hmm. your like your bone, Mm -hmm. but more like to the side. So... Eve probably wasn't created from Adam's rib, but was actually like a part of a part of a whole, and then was split in two. She's a, a tumor. <laughs> she's a tumor. She's a tumor. She's a tumor. Sorry, Sorry guys, I could not help myself. Uh, where am I? Okay, so God created Adam out of clay. Or dirt, or whatever, what have you. Depends on what you're reading. Created him out of the earth. And then created Lilith out of the same earth. Uh, So, now there's Adam and Lilith Mm in the Garden of Eden. They immediately begin to fight. But... She she (laughs) kept a razor blade in her titty. (laughs) And whipped it out. And he was like, where did that come from? Metal's not a thing yet. (laughs) Also... Close? Close? <laughs> so they immediately begin to argue, but they're, this, oh God, this got me. They're arguing over what position they're going to assume for sexy time. Ooh. Seeking so. out some nighttime omission. <laughs> exactly. She is getting in there. They are going to, they are ready to reproduce. That's what they were put there for, et cetera, et cetera. But there, she she basically says, "I'm not going to be under you." Damn. <laughs> Is she gonna peg Adam? <laughs> that is a hundred percent staying in. I can't deal. I just want everybody to know that <laughs> from out of left field, Danny very seriously goes. Is she going to peg Adam? <laughs> and then we all died. 
<laughs> if you don't know what that means, Google it. Don't, not at work. If not if you're Please, a child. <laughs> don't Google it if you're a child or if you're at work. Be <laughs> be somewhere where you oh, can. Just NSF- watch Deadpool. Oh yeah, watch Deadpool. You'll you'll get it. You'll find out. <clears throat> I need another drink. <laughs> so she says, "I'm not going to be under you. I'm going to be on top." No missionary nonsense for this lady. <laughs> She's like, look, I understand that, y- like, you're, you are made to be underneath. I, I am, I am supposed to be the superior. Not that she's like, I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm just supposed to be not underneath you. I won't be underneath you because we are equal. Mm-hmm. We are literally made from the same material. And... He, they're arguing, and <laughs> so she, uh, obviously, so almost all of the historical documents mm-hmm. ever written from anywhere in the world are all written by men, yeah, for men to to do whatever with, right? Mm-hmm. Not a lot <laughs> male propaganda <laughs> from the start of history. <laughs> So I put, you know, not a lot of positive female representation. <laughs> so immediately she's she's demonized quite literally <laughs> because she refuses to be subservient to Adam and be in in a submissive position. So she exasperates exasperates basically she said she said the name of god mm-hmm. so i picture her going oh god and just like she flies away <laughs> <laughs> she just <laughs> right <laughs> she just yells god very angrily and then oh shit i hit the table sorry guys like she and did. and she <laughs> <laughs> she hit that fucking table she and- hit that fucking table yelled god and then flew off into the air like a rocket. <laughs> Took off like a rocket. So then Adam is mopey. And he's like, oh, but now I don't have a woman. So he t- he tells God. He tattles on. He tattles to God mm-hmm. that, that she wouldn't be submissive to him. And he goes, all right, fine, I'll take care of this. So he sends three angels to go find her and get her to come back. They find her. Uh, tell her if she doesn't come back. Every day, 100 of her demon babies will die. And she basically... Wait, when did she start having these kids? Nobody knows. Okay. That's just the thing. I was... As I'm reading this, I was like, wait, time out. What's happening? <laughs> she went from being, like, the the, the first woman. Yeah. She... I don't know. Did she, like... She just left the Garden of Eden and then started popping out demon babies? I don't know. Can I... Can I... Please. Come up with a theory that's not based on anything yes. except for my own imagination. Yes. She flew away, went to the clay that her and Adam were built out of, was bored, and just started making things. <laughs> Love that idea. Just constantly making things. Oh my things. gosh, like ugly dolls. <laughs> like the little tiny. They're just, yeah. Some of them got three eyes. She's just like, these are cute. We're gonna line these up. <laughs> this one's gonna have tentacles. Exactly. What are tentacles? <laughs> I don't know, but she's gonna have them. She's em. gonna make them. Oh, perfect. I, I love that. I think that's that, that's a real solid... 
It's fact theory. Now. It is fact. We're <laughs> we're going hard on this stance. We're dying on this this hill. I'm dying on a hill, guys. Every episode, we're dying on a hill. So every day, a hundred of her demon babies will die. She basically says, "Leave me alone. I'm not going back." And then I said, I've already been knocking ethereal boots with Samael, <laughs> who is the archangel of death, which she did. She ran away from Eden and was like, you know what? I need to deal with Adam's bullshit. Um, how you durin? And <laughs> yeah, Samuel, the not Samuel, Sam, Samael is the arch is the archangel of death. So she's like, ooh, you got wings. <laughs> You wanna, you wanna, you wanna kick it, and so they Netflix and chilled, and <laughs> she's like, got that nighttime emission, <laughs> got the Archangel seed. <laughs> this is the grossest thing I've ever said. This um, is a real sexy episode. It is. There's, there is a lot, a lot going on. Um, I'm gonna do a quick side note. Please do. <laughs> What's his name? Sam. Samuel. So I. A fault of mine is I don't care about how names are really pronounced. <laughs> okay. And it comes from the fact that I don't know my own name, mm-hmm. if, whether it's Kiana or Kiana. Yeah. And I'm not sure which one I use most frequently, and I think uh-huh. it's Kiana. I think so, too. But because I'm not sure, mm-hmm. I'm like, why does it matter? <laughs> and it, it does matter a lot, mm-hmm. but it's sometimes why it's why I'll go back to Ava Perone. I couldn't pronounce her mother's last name. Exactly. Because I was just like, eh, you it's, get what I'm saying. You, yeah, we're all, we're all on the same page. And so now his name is Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Lilith and Sammy Davis Jr. Who is Sammy Davis Jr.? <laughs> See, Sammy Davis Jr. was in the, the Rat Pack. He's a crooner. Okay. He's like a, okay. a Frank Sinatra kind of crooner. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Oh my gosh. Anyway, back to so, Sammy and Lilith. She is, she's, she's getting it on with this sexy uh, archangel of death. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote, she's so metal. <laughs> she's like, don't care. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And then she says, you know what? Here's, here's, here's the deal. I'm going to hold dominion over children when they're born. Over boys. I have, I'll have eight days mm-hmm. wherein, unless you protect them, I can do whatever I want to them. Uh. <laughs> I.e. I, I, like, eat them. Yeah. Or, you know, make them die in various ways. Okay. Terrible things. But, and then, girls, I saw 12 days, but then I also saw 20 days. It's somewhere in between these. There's a two. It? Yeah. Uh, but she says... You can protect these children if I see, if I see, like, a, 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 f- a photo. Because <laughs> there's pictures back then. If I see, essentially, like, a visage of you or the, 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 the angels' names, mm-hmm. then I have no power over them. So she's like, if I see your visage or if I see your names on an amulet or off- a, lot of, a lot of things that they found were, like, bowls. Mm-hmm. With like names and stuff on them, that would just be kept like with the child, um, and so that's was there to protect the babies. So anyway, all of this stuff is she's terrible. She's she's eating babies. She's 
you know, making babies, demon babies. And all of this, it comes from a man going, oh, this is her story because she didn't want to be subservient and, you know, seen as less than Adam. We're going to write down how terrible she is. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. It's, it's, it's the satire of this. This whole story is great because the criticism is actually directed against Adam. Mm-hmm. Uh, who could not deal with his woman. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, he's not the only one who is kind of mocked in this story because even God with the capital G cannot subjugate Lilith and needs to send his messengers to, to deal with her. And they cannot, they're three assuming that, you know, their male angels mm-hmm. go and even she's like, no, but I can maybe negotiate some terms with you. <laughs> so all of these men are just getting shot down one after another. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, none of you could deal. Bless you for trying. Bless. Gosh, you, you did your best. So, um, Janet, how gains? who is a Bible scholar, said, while medieval readers might have laughed at the story's bodiness, at the end of this risque tale, Lilith's desire for liberation is thwarted by male-dominated society. Mm. If that is not the truth. <laughs> I said, this obviously is a theme that's both universal and immemorial. Because... <laughs> <laughs> The story of Lilith happens all day or day everywhere around the world. Yeah. This idea of like, oh, you're a you're a bad woman because you're not following the rules or what's expected of you. But and the rules are uh stupid. Yeah, the rules are stupid. And I give them a big a big one finger salute. Uh, it's Lilith. the pinky. <laughs> Just the pinky. Pinky up, motherfuckers. <laughs> ah, I'm going to put that on something. <laughs> Maybe a coffee mug. <laughs> nice little teacup. Mm, teacup. A little dainty teacup that says pinky up, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, so Lilith didn't simply want to be bossed around by Adam, whom she viewed as an equal. So she got the fuck out. <laughs> Only to be shit talked when she was gone. For, for forever. For forever. On, on, and on, and on, and on. She is, this story is told in every variation, in every way, from the beginning of time to today somewhere. Um, and so, so in 1976, where we have gone through, oh. <laughs> we, we are jumping from, you know, ancient times. Mm-hmm. To 1976. The women's rights are, like, coming. We are tearing it up. Mm-hmm. The 70s, lots of things are happening. Is that third wave or second wave? Feminism? I think it's third. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's the third. It feels like the third. It feels like yeah. the third. In in the, the time sequence, it feels like third. So, 1976. Lilith magazine was launched and it was 
proudly billed itself as independent Jewish and frankly feminist. Wow. Which I love. I was like, is this still around? Because I might need to get me a subscription. <laughs> um, <laughs> so why would a modern feminist magazine name itself after an ancient demon? <laughs> That's a great question, everybody. <laughs> Basically, Lilith is a powerful female. The, the, <laughs> the very first thing that we hear about Lilith is... She's incredibly powerful. She has power not only over life and death, mm-hmm. which she holds very precariously in her hand, <laughs> but also over men who are constantly trying to make her do things she doesn't fucking want to do. Um. So basically, we can look past all the baby eating and murdering. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> She's constantly fighting for her equality with Adam and for her independence to make her own choices. So that's why they were like, perfect. This is exactly what we want to portray. We want to tell women that they too, sans baby eating um, (laughs) and stealing seeds, (laughs) gross, um, can do exactly that. They can get out and go live their lives, make their own choices. In 1997, so a couple decades later, mm-hmm. Lilith Fair is created. It is just full of women, full of bras with moxie. <laughs> <laughs> There's musicians and poets and artists. Um, and so Sarah, Sarah McLaughlin sings yeah. that, that heart-wrenching song that accompanies puppies on TV all the time. Yeah. Was inspired by the story of Lilith. And so Lilith Fair is, in fact, named for Lilith, mm-hmm. the ancient demon. <laughs> but also she was like, like, we can't just call it Lilith. Mm-hmm. So they called it Lilith Fair. Fair in, you know, as the idea of like a renaissance fair yeah. where people gather. But also fair as in equal. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wordplay. I love wordplay. <laughs> um, so that was great. So some religious practices incorporate Lilith in their worship. Mm-hmm. Um, theistic Satanists revere her as a goddess of independence and or sexuality and or death. There's lots of iterations depending on what very specific group you fall into. Yeah. And she can also be traced back to Wicca and other modern pagan orders as the embodiment of, quote-unquote, the goddess, with mm-hmm. a capital G. Mm-hmm. Um, the goddess is essentially this sim- a symbol of life, right? So, holds, holds the balance of life and death, and everything that encompasses, kind of, in, in her hands. So, from ancient Mesopotamia to modern day, Lilith or the construct of Lilith, has been used so many times throughout history. She's been the subject of many, many paintings. Uh, the romantis, the romantics mm-hmm. loved her. Uh, and all the way, all of those, the romantics, the renaissance, all of those people loved her. Um, there's a painting called Lady, Lady Lilith by Dante Gabriel Rossetti. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is really, it's really lovely. And if you just Google Lilith, it's one of the first photos that will pop up. Um, it's a painting of her with this, like, gorgeous long hair that she's brushing. It's often said that in the in the traditional stories mm-hmm. that she has this long, beautiful hair that she would use to, like, strangle and ensnare men with. <laughs> That's all. I used that she had long hair, and I was like, if she don't strangle bitches, <laughs> right? I'm going to be mad at her. <laughs> no. She was like, oh... Here it is. Look at my glorious yeah. hair. I'm going to just wrap you up in it. And then there's another one just called Lilith by John Collier, which is also really beautiful. It's it's a Renaissance woman. She's nude, and there's this big, giant black snake, like, crawling up her body. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very um, Nagini-esque, which I liked a lot. Are you talking about the snake from Harry Potter? Yes, I am okay. talking. I didn't know if there was, like, a more, like, <laughs> no, no. historical, like, Nagini, and I was like, ooh, nope, nope. no, I can only think of Harry Potter. Bringing it back around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Which is really, I think that's a beautiful, I think it's a really beautiful yeah. painting. Um, And, you know, of course, she's depicted oh, with this, you know, with a very large, very scary snake. Yeah. Uh, because she's a, you know, she's a seductress and a demon, but she is, she's beautiful. Yeah. Um, she's been characters in books, movies, TV shows, and music. So, um, music, I didn't write any of them down specifically, but there's, there's lyrics about Lilith. There's a couple of songs called Lilith. They're all very, like, black metal, <laughs> death metal music. We're not talking any, like, Ed Sheeran Lilith songs. <laughs> Are like dark AF. <laughs> There's um, no One Direction bops. <laughs> nope. Harry Styles is not crooning about his Lady Lilith. It's not happening. You um, never know. You know. He's I mean, produ- he's writing an album right now. <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> Is just putting Kiana over the edge. There goes the Mai Tai. She been gone. <laughs> she been gone. Oh, she is gone. So, in she like I said, characters in books. Um, she's a character in this series, Mortal Instruments, which okay. was just a it just was a movie. Um, but in the book series, she plays a pretty key role. Mm-hmm. Um, and. She makes an appearance, or her name makes an appearance, in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, because the White Queen is said to be a descendant of Lilith. And that's why she's so beautiful, but also super cruel and terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm raising my hand. What's up? She's also in True Blood, the HBO series. Yes, I know. I was getting to Uh, that. I just wanted to say it. Yes. So, where was I before I was so rudely interrupted? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, she appears in the Marvel Universe. There's two characters called Lilith. Okay. Um, one of them is the mother of demons. So, that Lilith is obviously this Lilith who yeah. we're talking about. The other one just has the same name. <laughs> um, she appears in the Lucifer comics, which um, is a... Um, what's it called? 
It was a comic series by Neil Gaiman. Oh. And then there was a spinoff of that series called Lucifer. Okay. Um, that's written by a man named Matt Carey, I think. Okay. And Lilith is a character in that series. Yeah. Okay. She makes a very brief appearance in the other one by Neil Gaiman. I can't remember what it's called, though. She's a demon on Supernatural. Mm-hmm. For two seasons, she's supposedly the first the first human or the first woman, I don't remember, yeah. to be tempted by Lucifer. And so then she becomes a demon. She True Blood fans know her as the <laughs> first vampire. She's stunningly gorgeous. Who's the actress that plays her? I forget. Jessica? Mm. <laughs> Something? Danny's Googling it right now. We'll tell you in a second. She's, ugh. She's gorgeous. I remember, like, watching it and being like, I'm sorry, you're the first vampire? Please make me a vampire. <laughs> I have, I have an added story after we know. Ugh. So good. Uh, Jessica Clark. God damn it, okay. I knew it. Wait, let me see. Showing. We're showing her. Yep. 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 So, she's known as the, the first vampire in Bordello of Blood, which, if nobody has seen it, please go watch it, because it's, um, like, a Tales from the Crypt. It's a Tales from the Crypt, like, TV movie. Okay. Um, and Lilith is the, she's the mother of all vampires, but also the madam in essentially like a brothel full of vampires. Hell yeah. (laughs) In the basement of a funeral home. It's a very, it's super funny. It's super cheesy, but it, it's a good watch. I watched it very young. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) When I probably should not have. Um, but it's, (laughs) Danny said, me too. (laughs) Uh, it's really funny. And then, let's see. Lilu mm-hmm. in The Fifth Element, is actually a representation of Lilith. Every time you say Lilu, uh-huh. I'm like, oh yeah, Lilu and Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I like just imagine like that Renaissance painting oh my with Stitch. With Stitch, please... We will make that, or somebody needs to make that. I need to see a painting, a glorious Renaissance painting of Lilith, just with like Stitch hanging out in the corner, <laughs> down by your feet. <laughs> somebody make it happen. Where was I? Okay, Lilu in the Fifth Element is a representation of Lilith, but the um, it's like the antithesis of Lilu. So instead of destroying everything and being the worst, she's she saves humanity. Okay. And in the movie, she's kind of presented as this, like, uh, um, the first woman, mm-hmm. right? And she's also, she also speaks Ar- Aramaic. Okay. Which is a very, very incredibly old language. So I thought that was super interesting. And then the most recent one that I am, you know, uh, uh, know of mm-hmm. and am familiar with, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina... <laughs> Um, features Madam Satan. So Lilith equals Madam Satan, who is the wife of Satan, obviously. I, f- I feel like they should have just called her Lilith. They should have just called her Lilith. Madam Satan. It's kind of a... It sounds... <laughs> that sounds it's... like a cheesy, like, person trying to be scary. Right. Like, Ooh, look at me. Madam Satan. Madam Satan. Uh, yeah. So, but, so Madam Satan is actually Sabrina's teacher... Mrs. Wardwell. 
Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so she's she's grooming Sabrina Lilith as Madame Satan as Mrs. Wardwell is grooming uh, Sabrina mm-hmm. to be on the dark side to help her take control of hell. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Um, so, few stories about strong feminine figures, especially ones that defy expectations of what a woman should be. Um, Lilith fought for the right for her autonomy, her body, her pleasure, and her decisions. And then I put, why are we still having to fight for ours? <laughs> this happened thousands and thousands of years ago. It is 2019. Why do we still have to have fucking discussions about what is appropriate and what I do with my body and who I marry and it's, you know, who I have sex with? It is nobody's goddamn business but your own. Uh, Yeah. So I got all of this. I got all of this information from uh, the Jewish Women's Archive, uh, Wikipedia, and then a great Broadly um, article. Mm-hmm. I I didn't realize how many articles I read from Broadly mm-hmm. that I am just over the moon about. And they're so well. This one, the one that I <laughs> read was by Sarah Lyons, and it had a really great title, and I forgot to write down the title, but I will notate it somewhere. Um, but it is all about, like, Lilith as this positive force for women and standing up for her independence and her autonomy and just saying, if you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs> like, I will eat babies and I will seduce men because it's my goddamn life and I'll do with it as I please. Hell. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That was good. I was... I like... There was... There was sex. There was violence. There we was love it. Baby eating. Baby eating. Demon. Demon. <laughs> <laughs> now let me tell the story. Please do. Let me just retell what you told me. Okay, tell me. She eats babies. <laughs> sure does. Uh, she's the goddess of nighttime emissions. All the things. Gross. She loves Satan. Mm-hmm. Literally. Literally. She's a lady and uh, a broad. With Moxie. She's got, she's got fucking... She's got Moxie coming out of her pores. And other places. <laughs> we are getting salacious and scandalous today, kids. I'm never gonna forget nighttime emissions. I... I because you know it, what? it shocked me. Because I was... I literally was like... What? See, like, I don't get what global warming has to do with this. What do you mean on mission? <laughs> they even know about that back then. <laughs> you know what? If anything's adding to the uh, global warming and climate change, change problem we have, nocturnal emissions. <laughs> God, I need to stop saying it. It makes me In... so uncomfortable. Um, so have we reached the end? We have reached the end. We've told two stories. Yeah. They were they were empowering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were fun. They were fun. Lots of, lots of moxie. <laughs> so much moxie. So much. Haunted pee. Yes. <laughs> if you, so we've talked quite a bit about visuals of our women today. Yeah. 
which you will be able to see on our social media accounts. Uh, we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram, and a Twitter, all at that broad Scott Moxie. And you can get in touch with us, and please do. We love to hear from you guys about, you know, about your stories, about Moxie ladies in your life. Um, if you have corrections, we hope not, because we're doing the best we can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Suggestions, corrections, questions. If you want to know other things, if you want to know about us, if you want to know about what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, let us know. Our email is thatbroadscottmoxie at gmail.com. Wherever you are listening, please rate, review, and subscribe. Please do. We love it. We want to, uh, we want lots of people to listen to us because these stories deserve <laughs> to be told and, and heard by the masses because, well, they're far too often just breeze past and went, oh, we'll talk about that later. And then you never fucking do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think all my people out there... <laughs> I don't know why I went that aggressive. She Stay went, moxie. She went real hard. She threw up two deuces. <laughs> Stay moxie, guys. Stay moxie. See you later. Bye. Bye.